0: Welcome, everybody, to another podcast of Praiseworthy with Mary and Eddie. Uh, We're excited to have another guest here today. Her name is Leah Judd, and she's awesome, and she's a friend of ours, and...
1: She's a sweetheart. Hi, Leah. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Oh, thanks, you guys. Hi. Thanks for having me. So I
2: have to say, too, real quick, this is like a side note. So for those listening who don't know Leah Judd, she is an amazing photographer, Oh, and so you are, you're so good. <laughs> you're and so, sweet. so the last time we did this was a couple months ago and, or no, it, I think it was December. It was right before I announced being Mrs. Rexburg and my journey to Mrs. Idaho. And, um, you could, everyone can learn more about that on our website, b dash praiseworthy.com. But it's been a really amazing journey so far. And sweet Leah was, is was is my photographer and did so <laughs> many of my photos and I just am so grateful for your willingness to help me with that because oh, you just thank
1: you are
2: so talented and you made me feel so comfortable when you were doing all the photos and
1: yeah she's be your- beautiful Aww, thanks you guys I'm still waiting for the glamorous dress we're gonna get that flowy beautiful okay. it's gonna yes. be great I just yes it's so exciting
2: I love it. That's true. Okay. Yeah. We need to talk about that for sure. I'm so excited. Um, Okay. So we just want to briefly talk about Leah. She not only is such a sweetheart, um, but a little, you know, facts about her. She was born in Utah and she grew up in California and she has been married for 15 years with her sweet husband. They have four kids. So they have three boys and one girl and they, their ages are between Age 14 and age five. And she received her associate's degree and a certificate in marriage and family and human relations. And she's so, so close to getting her bachelor's degree, which I think is so, so awesome. And um, she is hopefully planning, she's planning on doing that once she can fit that into her schedule. But one thing that she loves to do, um, besides being a wonderful mommy and a wonderful wife, she loves to run. Um, that's something I have learned about her. And I just admire that so, so much. Anyone who can run. Um, and she, like I said, is a photographer, an amazing one. And <laughs> she loves to just dance and have fun in her house. So I think that's so fun. And to learn a little more about her, um, be sure to head over to our website, wwwb praiseworthycom um, that's where we always include summaries of our episodes and just more info about our wonderful guests. So we're so excited to have you. Thank you so much again for for being so willing to share your story. And when I talked to Leah um, a couple weeks ago about more of her story that she is so willing to share, I was so incredibly moved by not only the things that you have had to navigate through Leah, but the way you have navigated through them and the perspective that you have on just life in general, it's so beautiful and it's so inspiring. I just am so grateful. And, um, just, you know, for now we're going to turn the time over to Leah, who, like I said, has been faced with so many heavy things starting at such an early age um, her sweet brother, um, was killed in an accident that you Leah actually as well. You were in the car. I was, I was more about that.
1: Yes. So first really quickly, just because I think it's super important to be transparent and I think that it's super important to be vulnerable. And I know that that's something that you really push hard on your, um, on your podcast, I guess, or your agenda is to really. Um, encourage authenticity. I would say that, yes, I have learned a lot and I have a lot of perspective that has come from navigating through the hard things, but I would have to be really honest and say that I don't know that I always navigated through those things very well. And that's okay too. And I think that that is something that I always want to push with my own agenda when it comes to or being, um, a support to somebody who's having a hard time is that it's okay to navigate poorly sometimes mm-hmm. it's just the it's just the willingness to keep trying and to come out of it and to pick yourself up when you're really down and to allow yourself those spaces of really intense grief and intense um trial and maybe even quitting and giving up for a little bit and then picking yourself up and building yourself up and strengthening yourself or reaching out to others for help I think that that that's a process and mm-hmm. that's where I learned most of the things was not that I like learned them from doing them really well or being so great, but I learned them from failing and then learning new strategies and learning new things along the way. That's beautiful. So beautifully said.
2: <laughs> Listening, you are learning <laughs> how amazing this You're so sweet, sweet, sweet woman is You're so-
1: beautifully
2: said. I love that.
1: Okay.
0: So there's not always a correct way to go about things, but you can learn from the experience anyways, and you can improve and, you know, you can figure out what maybe could I have done better and stuff like that. So I totally agree with you on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So when I was, um, I would say that I had a a fairly normal childhood. Um, my family was a little bit interesting. (laughs) We had some interesting family (laughs) dynamics, um, maybe just not the co not the most cohesive family unit and that's okay. I learned a lot from that as well. And I think honest to goodness that my family did the best they could with the circumstances that they were given. Um, But kind of had a, had a little bit of disconnect in my family, which I think made moving into the accident a little bit harder. But when I was 14 years old, I was um, driving home from, well, I wasn't driving. My brother Todd, his best friend was driving home from a young men's, young women's church activity. And um, on our way home, we hydroplaned. It was a single car accident. Um mm-hmm. we spun out of control. We hit literally one tree in a huge open field mm-hmm. and it nice. hit right on the door, right where my brother Todd was sitting. So there was my brother Todd, my brother Sean, and myself oh. in the my back seat. And um it hit right where Todd was sitting, and he he was killed on impact. So it was it was definitely traumatic. I didn't quite understand what was going on. I remember calling my dad and, and, um, telling him that we'd been in an accident and telling him that Todd was having a hard time breathing. And little Mm -hmm. did I know that that's what happens when, um, when the body releases the rest of its oxygen. So, um, I didn't realize that he was passing at the time he was passing, but he, um, did end up passing away. He was, he was dead on scene. Um, so, Oh I don't know, my gosh. Uh, That's yeah, so, so traumatic. It really was. <clears throat> and there's so much that goes into those moments. And maybe for the sake of not trying to re-traumatize everybody who's ever been through these horrific scenes. There are so many moments in such a short period of time that will last forever. Um, in terms of kind of those traumatizing memories. Right. You know, I mean, I think we were only on the scene of the accident for maybe about half an hour total before from start to finish before we were out in ambulances to hospitals those sorts of things. Yeah, my goodness. But so much happens in that period of time between yeah. my parents showing up to the scene, you know, the ambulance showing up and and pulling Todd out of the car, you know, my brothers, my brother getting shifted into an ambulance, me getting shifted into an ambulance, people right. arriving and showing up. I mean there's so much that goes on. Yeah period of time. So those were hard things to really navigate through, especially at a young age, because not only did I lose a brother, but I had a family that maybe didn't have that really tight, close perspective and uh, of, you know, pulling together and banding together. So I also kind of lost my mom and dad as well and didn't really have siblings to rely on. And so it was really, it was really a tough time for sure. So that's kind of the story Tell me what you wanted. Tell so me what you've been into in terms of like the experiences well, from them. What? So,
2: I mean, that's just so much to be faced with, like you said, at yeah. just age fourteen, and to see so much. I mean, we can we can relate just with our experience with McKaylee and our little ones, unfortunately, seeing her, you know, yeah. after the accident and and the impact that it has had on them and, you know, the things that do stay in their head. And so I'm so grateful for, like you said, in the beginning, how important it is to be vulnerable and to be just willing to talk about, you know, just all of, all of the stuff that's so hard when it comes to such traumatic, um, accidents or, you know, just traumatic things that can happen. And so I know one thing that, has helped us. And I'm curious, I actually don't know if, um, you had shared this, I'm trying to remember, but, um, we, we've done trauma therapy and in particular it's called art. So it stands for accelerated resolution therapy. Um, it's a lot like EMDR therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is, is art, art therapy is just, it's supposed to be like a one session, um, type thing, which, you know, it's hence the word accelerated. Um, but it, it was amazing. And so, um, I don't know, just such a wonderful tool that we are so grateful we use. So I'm curious if you or any of your siblings, um, or your parents, if any of them did any type of therapy after this or trauma (laughs) therapy, or if you've done that.
1: No, no. So I wish I had, remember I'm saying we had some, we had some tough, we had some tough family dynamics. So it just wasn't something we just didn't in my home. We just didn't have that thought process of how are we going to heal? How are we going to bind together? I mean, everybody just really disconnected and went their own ways and really struggled. I, at that stage, I think what was so hard was I, I wasn't able to connect with my peers. I didn't know how to connect with my peers anymore because They were worried about, you know, getting dirt on their shoes. And I was thinking, what? This is just not an issue. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And then I didn't have the parental support. So actually, I turned to some self-harming behaviors at the time. And so interestingly, I think that's why I was saying I didn't always handle things correctly. My healing process was really, really, really slow. Really slow. At first, it was just I didn't know how to handle it. I really turned inside. And I just kind of faked being okay-ish enough to participate in everyday activities, going back to school and doing those sorts of things. But I'll tell you what really started the healing process for me was learning how to share the story. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. at first I couldn't share it because it was too heavy. So I started sharing it just on a superficial level, like, oh yeah, well, my brother died. It was, It's fine. We're fine. We're all fine. And people would be so confused about why I was talking about it so kind of carelessly and casually. But for me, it was just being able to say the words. It was being able to say the words to somebody else. And that was the only level that I could say them on was just a very, like, I'm not going to allow you to be a part of my emotional journey, but I will allow you to know that this is what's going on. And most people had enough empathy and understanding to know that that was a big deal. Like, this girl probably has some things that she needs some help. And so it immediately drew connection. Just being able to share with others that there was something going on in my life that was hard. That really right. started the process of changing things. Um I love that. Yeah, that was the first part and I really feel like I really feel like that's what began Yeah, that's what began the journey to healing. And I would say what happened after that was I did find myself going to therapy on my own at about Mm -hmm. the age of 18 or 19 years old. And I think there are good therapists and there are therapists that aren't always as effective. For sure, absolutely. So I don't know that that was um, really—I don't know that was really the kicker for me. But I really do feel like being able to share and open up and to to draw down into, um, new thought processes changed, changed my world. And I'll tell you what the main thought process was that really shifted for me was that I was so, okay, let me just dig back in for a second. So at 14, that happened with my brother and in my extended family. And just for the sake of, you know, being, um, thoughtful about other people's stories. I'll just be very vague here. But in my extended yeah. family, we had a couple of really tragic losses. And also, um, my grandpa passed away kind of unexpectedly. So within about four years, there were four losses, very close to one another, um, awful. that just really rocked my family. And so I had created this worldview that bad things happen to good people or bad things are always going to happen or, or life is so terrible or traumatic, or, you know, I just, I couldn't figure out how to see the good because there was so much bad, hard, I'm not going to say bad, hard things going yeah. on. Yeah. Um. But when I was a little bit older and started really learning from these experiences, being a little bit, I learned that. It's so important to take a holistic approach mm. to our lives, which is that you're always going to have hard things happening, but that doesn't take away from the fact that there are always going to be good things happening. And that, that was a game changer for me. I love that.
2: I actually, when we last spoke, I have that here and I, I have it like underlined because I'm <laughs> oh, good because I loved it so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I think that that has shifted. I I feel like that has shifted my, my worldview because it's, it's so important to remember. I think it's so easy to get caught up in this bad thing or this hard thing is happening. Therefore everything is hard and unmanageable, exactly. but there's, there's still so much good, yep. you know?
2: Oh, so. it's so true. And it's interesting, honey. I don't know if you'll remember this, but just with his cancer, you know, obviously we read so many studies that are being done and research and Um, there was an article we read, it's probably been years now, but, um, it was about gratitude and how people who are going through, you know, a hard time. And then specifically this article was about cancer patients, but, um, that if they just always practice gratitude and have that at the forefront of their mind every day, that it actually There's been a lot of studies shown that it's like improved their health. And I mean, I just think that's something that we can testify by just by trying not that again, we're not perfect, but um, just trying to always, like you said, find the good because there is always good. There's always things to be grateful for. Yeah.
0: And recently, actually, I got an email from UCLA and they were talking about how gratitude ha- helps with a lot of healing. And so they were encouraging, um, you know, the patients of the hospital and everything to be grateful for stuff, even hard and difficult times. So Amazing. I'm glad that you highlighted that because it's been something that I've been um, noticing, I guess a lot more or not noticing that's not the right word, but just something that has been brought to me a lot lately and that it's something I need to always remember and something that i need to be a little better at as well because i i think with me personally like it's easy to let the situation cloud my vision and not be able to see beyond it like you were talking about remember that even though there's bad things there are good things as well
1: yeah and you know what i there I, i i okay I feel like there's so many little stories I want to just throw in, but I know that there's not context in all of them, but I'll just share really quickly that I had really severe postpartum depression after the birth of my fourth child. And that was a totally different experience. So I mm-hmm. also like feel like it's fair to give space to those folks who are um, struggling with you know, clinical and crippling depression and anxiety because- it's really hard to have gratitude and yeah. to be positive and to see those good things. Right. I remember just feeling like, I, I mean, my brain, my brain and my mind were genuinely in control. <laughs> I mean, I just, it, of, of who, of my thoughts, I just, I couldn't get a grip on my own thoughts. But the thing that I learned during that experience was it's hard and it hurts, but keep going so sometimes it's not always mm-hmm. that we're going to feel positive and happy and grateful. And I think that those are good things. And I think yes, that yeah. pra- the practice of it is always good. Right. write In a journal, keep, you know, try to right. try to point out those things. That's always going to be beneficial. Like you guys were saying, it's just always going to be healing and therapeutic and, and, and helpful in every possible way. But in those moments where you just can't muster up the strength just remember to keep going, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe that, maybe that's what you can do. Maybe that's giving a hundred percent that day is just absolutely is just keeping on, you know,
2: I love that. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and one thing you had pointed out before, when we last spoke was, um, not only that, but yeah, when it's hard, just keep going, but along those lines to make intentional choices. That's what you said. And oh, I yes. love that so, so much. Again, I have that underlined <laughs> yes. because it really is. And I think I told you, I, and I've talked about this with, I don't know, random people before too, but that I feel like the word choice or choose is probably the most powerful word in our whole language because it's so, like you said, it's so intentional. It's up to us to make those choices. And, and we have that strength in us to do that, to make that choice. But like you said, it's it's hard. It's hard sometimes to do that, <laughs> to well, be intentional. But I know that, yeah. I mean, I, just from our experience, I, when we have just chosen, even though it's been hard that I mean, it does give you that strength to just keep moving
1: forward. Absolutely. Well, and I think too, because when you have traumatic experiences or just challenges or, or trials that you're walking through, it create, inevitably, it will create hardship. It's going to, you're going to have hard days. You're going to be trying to survive. You're going to build up, you know, a, 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 Exorbitant amount of insecurities that come with the, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're going to have insecurities that come with not knowing what's coming or not knowing how to handle the next thing. I mean, or, or physical or mental or emotional or social or spiritual, it's going to break down things that maybe were once strong. And so I think it's so important to make those intentional choices, because if you let those things dictate your life it's never going to help you it's never going to propel you to growth to to security to peace to comfort it's never going to do that so that's why so i feel like that's why i learned so quickly and early on how important it was to make intentional choices was because there were periods of time where i let my anxieties manage my life i let my insecurities rule who i was i let my fears control my actions and I'll mm-hmm. tell you all that does is cripple my world it, it, it shuts off it sh- it shuts off the opportunities that can come from making intentional choices and so it's not always easy it's not always something that I want to do or something yeah. that feels natural to do but when I do it I'm always I'm Always in a better position for it. I love that.
0: I yeah, agree. with me, I always struggle when I lose control of my life, and mm-hmm. yeah, oh, you know, it's like when you're when you're talking about just kind of letting the situation control you. It's it's frustrating and it's hard, and sometimes I've just had to look what can I control, what can I control in this moment because there's a lot out of my control, yeah. and I've found that you know, when I focus on the things that I can control that I'm able to weather the other things a little bit better as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I've, I found that most of my anxieties are me trying to control a situation. Mm. Gosh, and gosh, so that's, when, so, that's so it, well said. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so anytime I'm having that, that moment of anxiety where I'm starting to feel a certain way it's because I feel like something is going to be out of my control and it could possibly go wrong or it could possibly you know create a challenging situation or a situation that would make me uncomfortable so that's where the intentional choices choose to come in do I have to literally be thoughtful about what is going into my mind do I want to allow this thought to control the situation or do I want to let go of that thought and allow the situation to happen because we can't control most things. Yeah. (laughs) We can't control most things. We just we can't. It's just there are so many things that are outside of our control. But yes, we can we can control certain things in our lives and and in a healthy way, I guess.
0: Absolutely. And it's like what you said earlier, like we can always hope for the better as well, so even if a situation is beyond our control, we can have hope that it will get better, and if we hang on long enough, it will
1: yeah absolutely absolutely so. and 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 learn from them, yes, and learn from them, oh yeah um
2: okay if you i I'm just looking at all these notes that I have i there's one thing you also said that I love, um. You had mentioned triumphs and hard things that they both they coexist.
0: Yes, so, I
2: love that so much. Yes. If you want to take a minute and explain that,
1: yes, so that's kind. Of, I think I touched on that a little bit earlier as well. Yeah, I really believe that it's so important to just take a holistic approach to most things in life. Anytime that there is something that is challenging, there's always something that that's positive that comes out of it. And so with the with triumphs and challenges. Every single, every single experience we have in our life is going to be a triumph or a challenge. And honestly, I, I know I've said bad a few times and I'm like, want to kick myself because I hate to label, I hate to label anything as bad. Right. Have you ever heard that poem? I'm not going to get into it super intensely, but it's like, it's like the farmer and I think it's like a Chinese proverb or something like that. I'd have to go back and revisit it. Anyways, it's like a farmer and, and his horse gets loose and all of his, all of his, um, neighbors say, Oh, that's just terrible fortune. And he says, well, good, bad, hard to say, like, you know, guess we'll never know. And the horse comes back with a bunch of wild horses. And so it just magnifies his his assets, you know, and yeah. they say, Oh, you have such good fortune. He says, well, good, bad, hard to say. And then his son is trying to break the horses and breaks his leg. And they say, Oh, that's just terrible. You have such a terrible fortune. We're so sorry for you. And he says, Oh, good, bad, hard to say, you know, uh, and then, yeah. and then the, you know, the, the government comes through and is recruiting men and for a war. And his son has a, broken leg. So he can't go off to war. And they say, well, you have such good fortune. Anyways, the story goes on and on. And I, I love that thought process because it's so easy for us to label things as good or bad. And I really have learned in my life to take a holistic approach to good and bad there. I really don't even know that I believe in good and bad. I just believe in like a holistic experience. You're going to have triumphs. You're going to have challenges and they're always going to coexist throughout a lifetime. We look at moments but we're living a lifetime of experiences. So it's so easy to get caught up in this small circle of a moment where this thing is harder. This thing is, we label it as bad, but what does that thing bring to our lives? It could, who I am today is exactly who I need to be because of the experiences I've had in my past. Yes, I've had challenges, but I've overcome a lot of those things in a way that has allowed me to connect with other people, that has allowed me to grow, that has changed me as a mother, that has taught me how to persevere. So was it a challenge? Yes. Was it bad? No. Would I I return the experiences? No. Do I still have things I need to work through? Yes. So I, I just love the holistic idea of looking at kind of a lifetime of experiences or a holistic view of of not getting caught up in a moment, but recognizing that there are so many things that can come from each individual experience and the bigger picture of experiences.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know.
2: That's so beautifully said. Once again, I just love it.
0: Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. And I've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast, I think how um, at the beginning of my cancer, like I remember having the, mindset of this is happening for me not to me yeah that's because amazing because I realized about well I realized that there was a lot of growth and personal um, advancement within myself that happened as a result of that and it's like you said would I want to go through it all again nope <laughs> yeah <laughs> but right I realized that there was a lot of um good that came out of it even though it was super hard at the beginning and still is hard to this day you know I still deal with a lot of um of side effects and stuff because of that but I realize that had I not had this experience I would not be the person that I am today like you were saying earlier I love
1: that. honey. And I, I also think it's easy to look at our singular experience, but if we just open that thought process up a little bit, another thing that I think is so valuable is our experiences in life, not only shape us, but shape the people around us, right? Like there's no way that your experience hasn't shaped Mary and your children. And there's no way my experience hasn't shaped me and, and my parents and, and my husband and my children. And so not only is it for our own learning and growth and our own experiences but it shapes the people around us too and and i think their experiences shape us and that leads us back to that that empathy and vulnerability that you are encouraging and promoting so much here is that it's not just that we're singularly experiencing something somebody can walk through a challenge with us and it can change them mm-hmm. a, into a person that can connect with us better through our challenges, but also connect with others in a way that they would have never been able to before. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful picture that that paints for society and for, for communities, for families to be able to connect with people. I, I, I love that's something that we miss out on sometimes.
2: Oh, absolutely. I love, I love that you, Everything you're saying hits me so hard and I know with Eddie because it's it's literally everything we feel and we know mm. is true because we have tried so hard to live by that to like you've been saying, encourage vulnerability and like you um some of the things that I'm just going with my notes and you've been talking about all of it, but some of the things that have helped you, allowing others into your story, learning to connect with others, allowing others into your insecurities, like I just love all of those points so much because we've lived it and being able to talk to someone who, who understands that. And not that we haven't talked to people who get it. Cause I think people do understand how being vulnerable is, is healing, not only for you, but it, like you said, it can help others. It can help shape others. And, it, and then when others are like that with you, it can shape you and, and who you are. And, um, it's just, it's validating, I guess is the best word to describe how I'm feeling. Um, that just hearing someone else say the things that, that we feel so strongly and you speak so eloquently. Um, I just, I'm just really grateful because, um, not that I think people don't understand it, but I do think sometimes it is hard for people to get there, to, to want to choose to be so, um, authentic and so vulnerable in talking about the things that they're going through and, and maybe yeah. how they're trying to get through it. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? It does. No, it's been it does. really validating. I'm just so grateful
0: well, we're for just, you as human beings. We're naturally guarded of ourselves. And I think yeah. that that's a biological tendency that we have, you know, it, it's a self-preservation mechanism and it yeah. takes a lot to get over that initial, you know, letting your guard down and letting people into your vulnerable places. And yeah. once you do that though, it makes both you and them stronger.
2: And I Leah, and, and you you are like completely testifying of that. Like yeah. you've lived it. And that's what is just so beautiful. Um, I'm like getting emotional just oh. thinking about it. But you really are so wonderful and I'm just so grateful. You just because you get it. You understand. You've been through you know, such hard things, but at the same time, you do see all the good that has come from so much hard, because like you said, the hard and the good, they coexist and you just are choosing to be so authentic and so vulnerable with all of it. It's just, I'm just so grateful because I feel like we're not alone in our mission. And I know we're not like, I know so many people do encourage this, but I just, am so grateful.
1: Well, that means so much coming from you. It just, that's such a sweet thing for you to say. And I, I know that you and I have talked privately on some other situations that I probably won't bring up just for the sake of not sharing somebody else's experiences or, or diminishing somebody else's character um, right. but yeah, I have had a lot of really, really challenging experiences. Um, even in my own personal family, um, I know we discussed, I'll just say that I have had some, some challenging relationships at certain points yeah. in my life with my parents or, um, you know, just, just some different things and, and, right. um, yeah, just for the sake of, of being fair and and allowing people the opportunity to grow in their own world i won't go back to those days um but i'll just say that it was a really okay. hard experience for my parents to handle and and maybe they did they handled it the best they could but probably not in the healthiest of ways and and that created a lot of a lot of trials too but that also created um a, an intense independence And so I had to learn to be vulnerable with others because you can't handle some of these things alone. It just doesn't work. It just won't work. Um, And I wanted to say just on the same note, Mm -hmm. one of the thoughts that came to my mind as you were sharing that was you almost have to learn that. I think it's a skill that's learned to be vulnerable and to be authentic and be transparent and open up. You almost have to learn that to cope with some of the things that happen and I know I don't put a, um, a qualifier on somebody's grief ever, because Mm -hmm. if the hardest thing you've ever had to deal with was breaking a toe, then in your world, that might be the hardest thing. And that might be just so challenging, right? Yeah, For you and your worldview, that is the hardest thing. Is it the same as, you know, some, some things that are really traumatic, maybe not so, for me, but like, if I broke my toe, it would be fine. It wouldn't be a big deal, but I'm not going to discount somebody else's space for that. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yep. I think sometimes when somebody hasn't experienced the depth of grief, um, that somebody else has experienced, they don't always know how to connect because Mm -hmm. they haven't learned that skill yet. Not because they don't want to. Yeah. And so I think that that's, that's a, a really important thing. I think that this podcast can, can help with, I guess. And maybe I'll bring it into my, to mine, to mind so that I can help share that as part of maybe my mission is that yeah. just do the thing, show up anyways. People don't always know how to connect with somebody who's right. going through those experiences. They don't know how to be vulnerable. They don't know how to be authentic because they just haven't had to experience that depth of needing to be before. mm mm-hmm. Um, But I think it's so valuable to just try to connect anyways. So just, just do the thing anyways. Like you don't always know what to do, but just do something, right? Just do something. Yes. It never goes unnoticed. Oh yeah. And and Mary
0: and I have often said, you know, like we're all struggling with something.
1: Exactly.
0: And we can all help each other with something, you know, but it takes, you know, it takes being vulnerable to start that journey I guess is what I'm and it goes
2: back to what she said about intentional choices just being intentional well and it's interesting you say all that Leah because oh my gosh it's countless number of times and maybe you have heard this as well where people will be really sharing I mean again being vulnerable with us and they'll but then they'll stop and say I don't even know why I'm telling you this. This is nothing in comparison with exactly. what you and Eddie are going. And we exactly. stop them every time and say, exactly. uh-uh, like you just, like you said about yep. the broken toe. Everyone's trial, grief, whatever they're being faced with, is their trial. It is their grief. It is huge for them. It doesn't right. matter the size. Like there are no comparisons. I we just right. don't look at it that way. And yeah. and like you just said too, I mean, just them choosing to even talk to us about whatever they're talking about—I mean, that's a huge step on their part, and is a part
1: of their whole healing
2: process. But yes, um, I've
1: been—I've yeah. been kind of sad about um, a shift that I've seen a lot in our. I would say just in our maybe younger generational cultural maybe individualistic society i think we're drawing towards that a little bit more and it's made me really sad because i've seen a lot of stuff on like instagram or facebook or in social media where they'll say you know if somebody's sharing a story you just need to just not say anything you just need to listen and you just need to say that's hard and just validate and i'm thinking mm-hmm. Okay. Like I understand, yeah. I understand the sentiment there. I really do. I really do that. We don't need to take over somebody's experience and try to make it about ourselves, but there's such a, there's such a beautiful place in being able to share an emotion. No, the yeah, experiences yeah. are not the same. They are not yeah. the same. I can't say I know the, what you've been through. You can't say I know what I've been through. Nobody's mm-hmm. capable of saying what's harder, what's easier, because there's no possible way to compare anybody's life experience. We all have our own childhood, upbringing, support system, religious experience, social experience, socioeconomic status that make can make a difference. I mean, there's all these little factors Right. that come into play so, so that no one experiences the same, but being able to say something as simple as, I don't know what it's like to lose a child, but I do know what it's like to feel intense sorrow Yeah, is so, is so vulnerable. And for you to come back and say, share with me that moment. And I can say, let me share with you this moment that just created intense sorrow for me. You know that, Sarah. I know that there is so. It's not yeah. about comparisons. It's not about, right? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just, I hope that people don't get too individualistic. That they forget that sharing your story with somebody actually draws connections. Yeah. Don't right. take over somebody's experience and don't, you know, always make sure that you're validating the other people's moment. Um, if they're sharing something with you, but don't be afraid to connect with your own experiences because I just think that it creates, I think it creates a really powerful bond in a way that, mm-hmm. um, if I was to just say, I'm really sorry that you're hurting. That's beautiful yeah. at certain points, but I don't know that it creates the same connection.
2: Right. Like, I what agree. are your, what are
1: your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Oh no, I completely agree. Yeah. I think that's exactly what we try and encourage. Well, we do and we've tried to live by over the past, you know, many, many, many years, but yeah, just if someone is willing to talk to you in a moment when they're being vulnerable and they're, as Brene Brown says, leaning into that feeling, like you're leaning into being vulnerable. I love that so much. Yes. Then let them do that. And if they stop because they feel like their experience is not as in their mind big or as heavy as maybe your experiences, then I think, I think it's really up to us to be the ones to say, no, 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 no. Like your like, whatever you are uh, sharing with me is, um, you know, you should be willing or, you know, they are, are willing to share it, but, um, to just encourage them to keep sharing it because like you, there is no comparison at all. And that connection that will come from them choosing to be, to lean into vulnerability is so, it's just so beautiful and so worth it to, yeah. Just, just have that moment with each other where you can connect on an even deeper level than, you know, would be, then we would connect otherwise. Does that make sense? But yeah. no, I, I love everything you said. I think it's so true. Did you want to say that. anything? <laughs> oh, it looks like
1: you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I'll try and say something. Oh, no, it looks like you wanted to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Eddie, you're I'm on the spot. I
0: know <laughs> I'm just soaking it all in right now. Um, but yeah, I, I, the thing that comes to my mind with all this, and it's another thing I've talked about on the podcast and that's, The idea of, you know, when you're lifting weights, like you're giving your and you're giving your all, it's painful and it's going to be hard, but you can grow from that and become stronger. But the person who is giving their all lifting 50 pounds and the person who is giving their all lifting 150 pounds, they're probably experiencing the same feelings of pain even though the mm. weights seem different. And so I think that, you know, I when like you that. try to share in and help carry the load, like it's this, it's the same relief that each person is feeling. I that's don't know if I, I worded analogy. that very well. But. No,
1: it's, no, it's,
0: it's so analogy. Yeah. So yeah, when people always say, oh, but why am I saying this when you guys are doing this? You know, that's kind of my my reasoning for it is no, it's just as painful for you as it is for me, even though it may seem that they're completely different, but it's what we can handle and what's, what our capacity is. And yep. we can each increase each other's capacity. If we allow each other to share the load, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
1: I love that honey. When well, it takes me, it takes me back to a thought that I heard in a, Church general conference talk. It was a Quaker proverb that Elder Hills mm-hmm. shared, I believe. And he said, Um, thee lift me, and I'll lift thee, and we'll ascend together. And that has always mm-hmm. been such a powerful proverb for me. And it's something that has never left me since I heard it the very first time because we're just working together. We're all walking this journey together. We're all trying our very best to do the best with what we've been given. That looks so differently in everybody's lives. and It also allows for grace for other people's experiences, for those maybe who aren't doing it the way that we would hope that they would so that they could thrive from an outside perspective. Some people are really just in the depths of it and struggling and maybe that's an opportunity for us to lift one another and that's where that vulnerability comes from our own experiences where we can where we can connect with somebody else in their moment where they can't and where we can lift one another and and ascend together because we are all in this mortal experience together there's just no way around it and I wouldn't have it any other way
0: Hmm.
1: Well, that's so beautifully said I love that
2: We are all on this together or all in this together. That's something we always try to express as well, that it breaks my heart to know people go through things in life feeling so alone. I just, it's just heartbreaking. And so again, I, I mean, me and Eddie just from our experiences, because we have chosen to be so vulnerable and so open with everything and um, we have been in touch. People have put us in touch with so many people over the years, or people have reached out, Hey, so-and-so is going through this similar thing. Like, could you talk to them? And, or, Hey, what's something I could say to this person who is going through I mean, it's been a countless number of times, but I'm so grateful for that. Because again, that's the connection. And also it's allowing that person to know, Hey, I'm not alone. There are people who are, have, have been, or are going through a similar thing as I am, or they're just, they have been through a hard time too. And, you know, they just, they don't feel maybe as alone as they did before hearing that. And that's why I love that we have our website because I'm just going to put a plug in for the website again, (laughs) but (laughs) our, really our goal with the website is for people to go onto it and say, okay, this is what I am struggling with right now, or this is what my friend or family member is struggling with. And they type it into our search bar, or they can just, you know, look in our menu and it will bring up every topic that we have thus far discussed on our podcast. And then they can go to the summary of the episode or they can, and then there's a link for the episode and then they can learn. Okay. Like this is how that person chose to navigate through it or this is how yeah. what they've learned from it okay like i'm going to try those tools cuz maybe they can't get into therapy and or they don't want to get into therapy or you know whatever yeah. the reason is but here's a place where they can go and see a number of topics and learn from it and get tools from it and so yeah, um I, I hope people take advantage of that and we do have some issues with our the search bar right now which i don't know it's being weird but um, but people can still find the topics in the menu bar. Anyway, that's just a side note, but I that's, love that. that's really our goal with it. What we've, and obviously this podcast, but.
1: Well, to make, yeah. to make my little summary a little more tangible, when I say make intentional choices, that could be a little bit ambiguous. I'll tell you that specifically I started making intentional choices about my health, making sure mm. that I was eating healthy, making sure that I was taking healthy supplements that's when i really started running again you know making intentional choices about finding things that add light i'm a big advocate of light and dark yeah i love, I love it's that. just such a visual representation of of things that feel light and bright and airy and and loving and peaceful and warm and and then things that are heavy and 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 darker so i add i find i was looking for things to add light back in. So whether that's art or creative outlets or exercise or reading or reconnecting with a new relationship or an old relationship or finding things that make you laugh or, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to be intentional. But when I say I made intentional choices, those are the things I did. What things can I add back into my life that bring joy, that brings smile, that bring happy, that bring warm, that bring peace, scripture, study, praying, meditating. So there are so many things and that's going to be so specifically individual, but just as mm-hmm. kind of, I know we're probably wrapping up here, but just as kind of a making that tangible, because my brain is very tangibly wired. I like yeah. to know, like, give me the task so that I can do it. What do you yeah. mean intentional? Yeah, That's what sure. I mean being intentional. Those were the things that I had to do to heal. Was I had to choose to talk about my story. I had to choose to, you know, reach out. For me another one was service. I know mm, that this is absolutely. hit or miss for some people, but for yeah. me even in my very darkest moments there were people who had no clue because I had moved. There were p- people that had had no clue the things that I was going on in my life and I feel like you learn to see other people's pain a little bit. And so I would kind of pinpoint people who I wanted to serve. And, and I did, I would reach out to them and I would bring cookies by, or I would just stop it and just say, Hey, I was just thinking about you. And, and I had people years later writing me letters. Oh my gosh, you had no idea. This is what was going on. And I'm thinking they, they still have no clue that, that I was going through, but, that connection again. Anyway, so service was a big one for me. Oh, that's
2: beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, so
1: lots of different things, but tangibly, that's what I mean when I say intentional choices is adding light back in, adding smiles, adding peace, adding comfort, adding be, choosing to add those things in.
2: Oh, I love it. And you read my mind because that's actually how I was going to start wrapping this up was tell me what your outlets were to what they are still. And you, yeah. yeah, So you completely just answered that question and it's so perfect because like you said, I think it is going to be so different for everyone, but at the same time, I think people, when they are going through such hard, hard, challenging times, or they have been, it's I think it can easily cloud your vision. It can cloud the way you see things around you. And um, it's, it might be hard for them to think, what, what can I do? Like, what are things that can bring light into my life Can bring smiles into my life? So I love that you just mentioned all of that because it just gives, it helps someone who maybe feels stuck. It gives ideas of what they can do. So thank you for sharing all of that. Yep. I love it so, so, so much. And we're going to put all of that on our website too.
1: Oh, good. Well, Anything and just can... the final, like when my mind was so clouded by certain things like postpartum depression, that's why I started yes. with my health was I thought mm-hmm. yeah, there's nothing that really I feel joy in right now. I, I don't want to dance. I don't want to sing. I don't want to play. I don't want to laugh. I don't even want to to have those feelings right now but i did know that i needed my health i know that i want my brain to be able to think as clearly as possible i want my body to feel as good as possible i don't want to feel heavy even though i'm not feeling happy so that's why i started there but i think everybody start i feel like people if they really think about it will know what their own starting place is mm-hmm. but i think it's important to maximize our physical emotional spiritual mental health but you'll know where you need to start. You know, I love that.
2: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. You're so great. Oh, do you want to say something?
0: Well, I just was going to say, so if people wanted to find you on, you know, social media or whatever, um, would you be comfortable sharing, you know, how they can get in touch with you?
1: Oh yeah. I'm very, very open. Um, I'll shoot over my, so my personal Instagram is private just because I am a little more protective of my kiddos that way. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: um, my business Instagram is just wide open. So if you wanted to find me, it's Leah Judd, L-E-A-H-J-U-D-D period photography. That's my Instagram handle. And my email is just Leah Judd photography at Gmail. So either one of those you can just slide into the DMS and I'm very, very open. So I'm happy to just even just have conversations and chat with people. And I think that that's so important. And so I really do live that. I'm always an open book and on one-on-one, I'm not afraid to dig into some more of, you know, some, some of the other things, but just on a, yeah, on a lot of your platform, I probably wouldn't share. So I'm, yeah, definitely happy to share those things and I can send you those both so that you can link them if you'd like.
2: Awesome. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we will have all of that info on our website. Um, and oh, Leah, I, I'm like a loss for words. <laughs> you so are just so wonderful and so beautiful, not only on the outside but on the inside. Oh, stop it. Um, no, it's true. But I feel so. Don't you just feel so like light right now? Like I, I just feel so. Um. I don't know. Eddie's laughing at me because I, always, I just feel so inspired, and you're just so wonderful. This was so, oh, so beautiful. You. I love all of your insights. I love how you describe everything so eloquently. Um, you're just an, an amazing person.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today, and you're we so know great. that people will be uplifted by what you've said. And thank you for being praiseworthy.
1: Oh, thanks, you guys. Wonderful. I just value you both so much. So I appreciate that. And yeah, happy to happy to share positive messages. Oh, awesome. you're so great. Okay, well, don't hang up yet. But hey. um, we
2: just want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of praiseworthy with Mary and Eddie. And we just encourage you if you are feeling that nudge to share, maybe a challenging time that you are going through or have gone through. And how you have gotten through it, how you are getting through it, who in your life has, you know, if there's someone in your life who has been impactful on how you have gotten through a challenging time, we would love to have you on our podcast. So you can reach out out to us via our website, or you can reach out to us via Instagram at B dot praiseworthy. Um, or if you know us personally, you can call us, text us um whatever's easier for you email us um but we would love to have you on so i just we encourage you to just follow that nudge because there's always someone who needs to hear your story yep. so thank you so much again for listening thank you mia and we will hopefully be back soon yeah, bye bye